Hi, and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Podcast, where we're diving deeper into God's Word and doing our best to help encourage you in your walk with God. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, this is Pastor Brian. Welcome and thank you for joining me and our church connecting with our church at Lighthouse Church. We appreciate it and so, so grateful for everybody that we can connect with, pray for, and celebrate with. But uh, usually a lot of times we have guests on here and sometimes it's just me or maybe just somebody else. And today it's just me because of the subject we're diving into is something that I really felt strongly about as God began to really uh, deal with me and speak to me uh, and share things with me through his word that I felt like was just pertinent about this. And today I want to talk about something that I know a lot of people really would love to talk about. And is this is how to beat yourself up. Now, I know you're thinking, man, I am so excited because I am not that good at this. I really could use some help at beating myself up. I mean, it's just something that I've practiced, but I've just not perfected. Now, that is, I'm being very sarcastic. That is not what we're doing here. This is about how to beat your space self up, how to beat your self up. You understand? Because one of my worst enemies is me. If there's something that's going to get in the way of one of God's plans, it's probably going to be me, myself. And I want to talk about how to beat myself up so that myself doesn't get in the way any longer of what God wants to do. And so if that's you, man, stick around because we're going to dive into some scripture. And we're going to dive into this and talk about it and uh, hopefully help us all out a little bit. And so let me give you an example of of, of, of issues that I've had. All right. Number here's one. Here's one popular one for me. Somebody calls me. They leave me a message. Hey, Brian. Yeah, I really need to talk to you. Just call me back. And that's it. Well, here's the deal. I began to write the script in my mind. And it's not this. It's not, oh, they're going to meet with me and they're going to give me a check for $100,000. They're just wanting to meet with me so they can take me out to eat and just, just love on me and all that stuff. No, the script that I play in my mind is, oh my goodness, what did I do? They're mad at me. There's something wrong in their life. They're dying. The doctors then told them something bad. They're going through a divorce. I don't know what's wrong with them because that's what I'm playing out in my mind. And the reason that I'm writing the script is because I'm uncertain of, of how things are going to be. What's, what, what is it they need? Now, if they had said, hey, Brian, um, I have this particular question about this particular thing. Could you call me back when you get a chance? I'm not writing the script then, but what causes me to write these scripts in my mind is uncertainty. That's a big word when we're talking about how to beat yourself up is that you've got to learn how to deal with uncertainty and you got to learn how to put your mind on the things that are certain and take them off of the things that are uncertain because we're all going to face uncertain things. But the deal is, as a believer, I've got plenty of certain things that I need to be dwelling on that I'm not. But let's get to that in a second. Now, the script that I write in my mind is driven by uncertainty, which also has cousins called fear, worry, and anxiety, which are all the opposite of faith. Now, there's nothing wrong with being afraid. There's nothing wrong with having worry until that worry sets up and takes hold of you, and then it actually is a problem. That's when it becomes a major issue because that means you're losing the battle in your mind. And if you lose the battle in your mind, you're going to lose the battle no matter what. If you go on a diet right now, if you don't win that battle in your mind, you ain't going to lose no weight. 
you know, and I know that for a certain, you know, so, and I believe anybody that's ever had a struggle like that knows for sure that is the case. And so I want to share a couple things real quick that are very certain to me that I know for sure. And I think they're encouraging to us as believers. If you're watching or listening to this and you uh, are a believer, then these are two things that you can take to the bank. And even if you're not a believer, these are still things that are certain. It's just that you may not believe it, or at least not yet. As a believer, I know this with 100% certainty, that no matter how low I get, no matter how high I go, no matter how far I go, no matter where I'm at, God is always there. I know that with 100% certainty. God will always be there. As a matter of fact, he's not chasing me. He's already there. So I know that. The other thing that I'm 100% certain of is that no matter what room I walk into, no matter who I sit around uh, across the table from, Jesus is always on his throne every second of every minute of every hour of every day. I know that with everything in me. Now, those are really two important things when it comes to my faith. If God ever doesn't show up, then I got a problem with my faith. If Jesus is never, if there's just one day when he doesn't decide to, he just decides to get off the throne for the heck of it, take a day off, then I got a faith problem. But I don't have to worry about those things. I'm 100% certain. So there are two certain things that I could put my mind toward today as I am writing this script in my mind because the problem is, is because we face uncertainty. I mean, you know, and I talked about somebody calling me, but let's say a more serious thing like you don't have enough money to pay the bills. You just lost your job. Your marriage just went down the drain. Your kids, you aren't sure about them. The doctor just gave you some news. And there's all this uncertainty. And in your mind, you're writing the script out of how it's probably going to play out. And here's the truth, though. You don't know if that's how it's going to play out. But as long as you write the script and you pretend that that's how it's going to play out, then that is always going to control you. And that's going to become something that we call a stronghold that we're going to get to in just a moment that the scripture actually refers to. So let's talk about that scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now let's break that down, can we? Because this scripture is not a passive scripture. This scripture is a, an aggressive scripture. This, this scripture actually almost promotes violence. I mean, this is like serious stuff. I mean, you know, weapons and war and things like that. And I want you to understand that these are some of the tools that God has given us as we talk about to overcome the enemy. And one of the things that I know for sure from my own experience is that worry and fear over uncertainty are tools that the devil can use in our life to set up strongholds in our life and that he binds us, uh, us in it and uses them to uh, encourage us to step away from faith and believing that God can do it and trusting and kind of to this spiral of fear and worry with no basis of reality as we feed the scenario, the script, if you will, by getting into agreement with it and rehearsing it constantly, always allowing it to take uh, root and to take uh, the lead and charge. And so it's almost like the, the script that we write is now turned into a novel that has become a best-selling novel in our head because we read over it and over it so much 
that it's almost become a movie now because we play it over and over and and it becomes uh, like this reality to us when it's truly not reality at all. And, and God's wanting to break us free from that. And I believe people want to be free from that. And so these arguments, though, that Scripture refers to in Hebrews chapter 10 are referring to the enemy trying to convince us that God isn't in control. And I believe he takes it even further because I believe this before myself is that not only is God not in control, but God is actually working against me. And that is completely false. It's not true. But my flesh will line up and tell me that all day long. And the enemy will line up and tell me that all day long because he doesn't want me to overcome my issues. He doesn't want me to overcome strongholds in my life. And God does. So what is a stronghold though, specifically though? Because it, and there's two definitions that I prefer. One is a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. A place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. And one of, one of the things that I see, because strongholds are really kind of negative. So it's kind of like when somebody comes to me and I say, hey, you should come to church. And I'm like, well, I don't go to church anymore because I got hurt at church and I'm just not going back there again. Now, I understand that. I do. But here's the thing. As a pastor, I've probably been hurt more than anybody that's ever went to church. Pastors get hurt a lot. But you know what? A lot of times, and sometimes it's the reason why a lot of them quit, is, you know, because of that. And But the thing is, is, you know, going to church doesn't necessarily save me. But at the same time, going to church is something that I should do as a, as a result of my growth in Christ because I should want to connect with other believers. But so... The problem, though, that I've had myself, as long as as well as others, is that I I put this wall up and I say, mm, no, I'm not going there because I've been hurt before. So now I've put this wall of protection up, and it's really not a wall of protection at all. It's actually a wall of prevention, preventing me from getting hurt. But also at the same time, not only am I not getting hurt, but I'm also not receiving the goodness of God through connecting with people and and possibly tons of blessings that God has for me because I've got this wall of protection that's a stronghold in my life. It's not letting me go forward. It's not letting people come in. And the other definition that I really like is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Now that's in our mind. So that's strongly, I'm passionate about this. I mean, you know, I would give my, you know, right ear for this particular cause. A spiritual stronghold, though, is an habitual process built into our thought life. It is believing and repeating the same old habits over and over and over, and, uh, and whether they're good, bad, whatever it is, and it set us up, sets up as a stronghold in our life. And so, now, these processes can be good. Uh, they can be for good. I mean, you know, if we do, if we rehearse worry and anxiety and uncertainty over and over, that's not good. But if we memorize scripture over and over and over and we develop godly habits, now those are things that actually go toward developing us into greater people and uh, breaking those strongholds in our life. That's kind of how we do it. Or it can be the opposite and allow ourselves to absorb the words or thoughts the enemy keeps repeating to us. And it's when the enemy can make you take a thought, a lie, and make you digest it and absorb it, and so much that it becomes who you see yourself as strongholds are tougher to tear down than imaginations. The Hebrews to, or second Corinthians refers to imaginations in some uh, particular um, uh, versions, but imaginations are the initial thing that we have, but strongholds are when those imaginations are played over and over and over to the point that they now control us. They now prevent 
people from getting in. They now prevent God from getting in because there's strongholds in our life. We set it up for that. So how do I demolish strongholds in my life and my mind in those places? Well, it's, it says to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So let's pretend for just a moment that I say something to you. And as I say something to you, well, of course, I am saying something to you, that in your mind is this scale. And when I give you a word, you put it on the scale and you say, and this is what you're doing when you're bringing every thought into captivity. You're putting it on the scale in your mind and God is in control of the scale. And you're saying, okay, wait, should I give this weight or not? Should I take this to heart? Should this be something that I really dwell on or should I... Should I really let this control me or should I just take that and just let that go? Uh, because, you know, if, we, if I dwell on it long enough, it's going to end up being in me. So what is it that you're receiving? Now, people are going to say bad things to you. I get just tons of people say bad things to me. But do you receive it and do you hold on to it? And I would suggest that as you take every thought captive, that you're weighing it out in your mind and saying, OK, wait a second. And you know what? At first, this is one of the most awkward things that you ever do. It was for me. It was time consuming. Uh, it was difficult. Uh, and, it, and it was hard. And I'm not going to lie about it. It was all those things. And mainly, it was just because I'd never done it before. And as people would say something to me, I would be like, hold on a second. Hold on. Is that something that I should allow to take root in my life? Or is, maybe that's something that's really good. So I'm trying to figure that out. And what I've realized that through the years, as I've done it more and more and more, now it's immediate. It's immediate. I know. What, oh, nope. That doesn't line up with what God's saying. That doesn't line up. It doesn't mean I have to come back at them and argue with them. It's just in my mind. I'm like, nope, that's a trash right there. Oh, that's a keeper. Yeah, that's a keeper. I'm putting that there on that scale. And, uh, and allowing that to become something that I need in my life instead of the stronghold. So another thing that I've done besides, um, you know, reading the word, putting that word in me, praying obviously is a big one. And we know those are things that we talk about all the time. And I know people are like, I, just, I need something besides that. Well, that's it. That's what you do, man. You put the word of God in you and you pray and you seek God and you worship and you do those things. I mean, I promise you that God will come through and do great things. But so one of the things that I do, though, uh, and I practice this, and it's kind of funny to think about. It, I shake it off. I mean, there's times when things hit me funny and this, it stays on the scale too long there. And I'm like, you know, and I shake it off. And literally, I honestly will go into the bathroom by myself sometimes and just shake, just shake it off physically because I need it to happen spiritually. And it's like I remind myself that if I do it physically, then it's, you know, and you may say, well, I'm, you're crazy. I would be if I stood in the middle of Walmart and did it, you know, uh, and there might be times that I do that, but most people aren't watching. So, well, people say, well, it's easier said than done, Pastor Brian, because, you know, shaking it off. Anybody can say, well, shake it off. It was all good. You know, it's easier said than done. And I, I'm going to say there's some truth in that. But when I hear someone say that, it reminds me of me because there was a time in my life when I said, well, it's easier said than done. But what, what I was really saying was, well, I'm copping out because I really want to be in control because I think God takes too long and I don't really, you know, da, 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 da. I really kind of like battling. And one of the things that I've realized about people, there are some people that just really enjoy conflict. There are some people that really like living in uh, turmoil all the time because they've never known anything but that. And that's called a stronghold. 
And I think all of us have to take a step back and say, wait a second, is that me? You know, do I really enjoy it? Do I have a, a fight with everybody, but I blame it on everybody else? Am I in arguments constantly with everybody at work and my family and everything else? But for whatever reason, I believe it's everybody else's fault. But wait a second, hold on. Maybe, just maybe, it's me. And maybe, just maybe, it's a stronghold in my life, stronghold in my life that will not allow me to walk in freedom and be happy and have joy in my life. Now, so just something to ask yourself. So to continue saying what's easier said than done is, uh, um, is giving ourselves an out, a, an excuse um, to not overcome, to not win the battle in our mind. And that's not acceptable for any of us, is it? So the scripture doesn't say here that we read in 2 Corinthians 10 to make excuses. It uses words like uh, war, weapons, warfare, mighty, cast down, pulled down, strongholds, casting down. All those are very aggressive terms. And this is what it looks like when you take thoughts captive. It's like, mm, mm, I'm going to grab that thing and we're going to, we're going to weigh this out. We're going to decide whether this is a keeper or a trash. And then I'm going to let it go or keep it, whichever it is. And so um, this isn't playtime. It's not excuse time. This is the time to be intentional, aggressive, and to live as the overcomer that God has created you to be. So years ago, that I heard the story as I finished this. And you've probably heard the story before, and I'm going to tell it the way that I've heard it, which is probably not actually how it was said, but that's how it goes. There was a farmer who had this goat, and this goat was his, his buddy. And we'll call him Billy the goat, and that would be original, wouldn't it? And so he went into town one day, and I mean, he didn't have a dog, cat, or anything. The farmer, that was his buddy. I mean, you know, and he, could, he went in the store, but he couldn't take the old goat in the store, so he tied the goat up outside. You know, he had a rope and everything, and he tied it up around the pole. And, and he said, now you stay right here, Billy, until I come back. And he went inside, and of course, Billy's a goat, so Billy's going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So Billy sits there and eats to the rope while the old farmer's inside, and he takes off. Well, farmer comes out. He's like, oh my gosh, he sees where Billy has a little bit of a rope left on a pole, but Billy's gone and he's like panic mode, you know, he's going and running to people. He said, you seen my goat? People are like, I don't see no goat. And he's like running that little boy over in the park. He's like, you seen my goat? And the boy's like, I don't know who you are, crazy old man. I ain't seen no goat, nothing less, you know, da, da, da. And he looked and he looked and he spent all evening and it was getting dark. It was about to get dark. And he said, he just sat down right there on the bench and he was almost in tears. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do about old Billy. And then in the quietness, he heard the faint sound of Billy. And he ran toward where the sound was coming from, and he finally made it. And what ended up happening was there was this huge hole, and Billy had fell into the hole. And there was no way for the farmer to get Billy out the hole. No ladders, no any of, the, any of these things around. Now just go with me. you got to go with the story, okay? And so the farmer decided that he didn't want Billy to just sit there and suffer. So he decided to just bury Billy. And so he began to push and kick dirt in the hole. And the more he would do it, the louder Billy would cry. And he just got furious and mad and he kicked harder and he pushed harder and everything else. In the meantime, all that dirt going in that hole and Billy got louder and louder and louder to the point that the farmer turned around and there stood Billy right behind him and what happened was every time the old farmer was throwing dirt into the hole billy was shaking it off his back and stamping it under his feet come on man 
I'm telling you, this is, this is how we have to live. God never put anything in your path that was meant to stop you. Everything good and bad is meant to shake off, put under your feet, stomp it down, use it as the foundation to go to the next level and continue stomping it under your feet, good and bad, everything until I finally, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there and I'm out of the hole and I'm over the strongholds and they no longer have control over me because God is my victory because he never meant for any of those things to stop me. He actually meant for those things to further me because God is good like that because he's 100% certain always there and Jesus is always on the throne and I can live that way. You know, so shake it off and allow God to use it to establish his work in you. Don't take back the trouble, the offenses, the problems, the worry, the strife that God has delivered you from. Don't take it back. It's it, God already paid that debt. Jesus already paid that debt. Don't take it back. It's paid for. And for you to try to take it back and refinance it would be horrible. Give it away. Get, get away from it because it's already been paid for. Allow God to be the author of your story. You be the paper and you give him the pen and you allow him to write the script that's in your mind and the script of your life. Now, just as much as I know that Jesus is on the throne, no matter where I am, in this life. I also know that every single word that comes out of the mouth of the devil is a lie and deserves no weight in my mind. He's a liar. That's all he ever does. So fear, anxiety, worry, uncertainty, all those things, they're just tools of the devil. Am I going to face them? Absolutely. But those are not my faith. That is not where my faith is grounded. And that's not where my thoughts need to be grounded either. So I'm not going to give them time to set up and take stronghold in my life. It deserves to be cast back to hell where it came from. God, help us today to overcome these strongholds in our life. Help us today to take the um, evaluation of our life and just say, you know what? Hey, th this is something that I believe is in my way. So God, help me to overcome these strongholds. And I'm going to overcome them by, by, by memorizing scripture and reminding myself, not just memorizing, reminding myself of it daily, reminding myself that Jesus is on the throne, that you're always there, that your word is powerful and strong. And that you are always in control. You're not out to get me, God. You are um, my, you're, you're the biggest asset that I have, God. You are in my corner all day, every single day. Help us today, God, to overcome these things in our life, God. Thank you so much today. We love you, adore you, in Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. You can find out more about us at lhchampton.com. See you soon.